Yep, that's right. The CNC Dream Team, Corbin and Carthen of the Sports Ethos Washington Wizards Show. We are out here. What is happening, y'all? How are y'all doing? I am one half of the duo. I'm Corbin. I am joined, as always, by my guy Carthen. Uh, it's been a minute, but we back. You know how it is. Life crazy. Uh, also, I'm about to be turning, what, 28 in like a week? And no, in two days. And my back feels like it's going on 58. So there you go with that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's single-handedly taking me out of some shows. How about uh, you? <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing good. You know, um, like you said, family things have been going on. I think it's funny listening to you talk, talk about your back. I was like, Oh, look, it ain't that cute. Your back hurting. I had to have have spinal surgery because I couldn't feel my legs because my back was hurting. Okay, you know what? That's a little bit. You got me. You got me. That's a little different. You got me. I'm sorry. There's levels to this. (laughs) Nah, but all in all, I mean, I'm glad that you're doing better. I had to tease you a little bit with that one. But <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I'm glad that, to hear that you're doing better. And I'm definitely looking forward to the show. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah, man, y'all. So we, we get back up here. Uh, we figured we'd do a little bit of a catch-up, right? We only got five weeks left in the regular season um, before the playoffs are here. It's kind of crazy to think the NBA season seemed to have taken both forever and also flown by in a breeze. At least that's how I've seen it. I, I don't know if you see it the same way, Carter. Yeah. It's been kind of crazy. So definitely want to, before we get started on a fun little game we're going to do today, kind of want to run through the Wizards and where they stand right now. Right now, the Wizards are 31 and 37. They are 12th in the Eastern Conference. They rank 17th in offensive rating at 114.4. They are 20th in defensive rating at 114.9. They are 21st in net rating at negative 0.05. Or negative, yeah, I said it right, negative 0.5. So bottom line, um, not a very good squad. Uh, They got killed by the 76ers 112-93 to uh, just two days ago, if I remember correctly. Or no, just yesterday, rather. Two days ago by the time y'all listened to this. Corey Kispert led the way off the bench for the Wizards with 25 points. Um, but aside from that, it was pretty rough. Bradley Beal just 13 points on 12 shots. Kyle Kuzma, 12 points on 14 shots. Chris House Porzingis, 9 points on 15 shots. Guys couldn't buy a bucket. Shot 40% from the field, 23% from three. Uh, meanwhile, for the 76ers, Joel Embiid, 34 points and 8 rebounds, and James Harden, 18 points and 14 assists. But we're not really talking about that game. 76 is our different tier of team. Uh, Johnny Davis got seven minutes of action, so there's a spotlight on him there. Um, but aside from that, that game was pretty rough. So just kind of catching up on where the Wizards stand right now. Um, just not very good, I guess it's safe to say at least. On that, on that stance, but one way we're going to reevaluate that, at least kind of getting the opinion of uh, our resident Wizards expert, Carthen, is we're going to play a little game of buy or sell. And what I'm going to do is we're going to run through each team in the Eastern Conference. I'm going to just say the record, uh, just where they stand, and then we are going to get Carthen's reaction both to that team, whether we buy or sell them as a contender, which I think we'll know um, for some of the teams in the Eastern Conference basement, 
the answer pretty quickly. And then we'll also give it buy or sell whether the Wizards are better than them or at least competitively on par with them. And that'll just be a good way to have an interesting conversation about that. So we're going to get started with the Detroit Pistons. We're going to go from the bottom to top, keep it interesting. The Detroit Pistons are 16 and 53. Uh, they are not very good. Um, they are 9 and 27 at home. Um, they are 7 and 26 on the road. Just not a very good squad. But, Carthen, uh, I think the answer for whether we buy or sell them as a contending team is pretty easy, right? Like, they're easily uh, going out for Wimbanyama. So, I, what we're going to say, do is, 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 is ask you this. Do you consider the Pistons, do you consider the Wizards clearly a better team than the Pistons? And I ask this uh, looking through the Pistons and the Wizards because by the time we record this, by the time this drops, they will be playing each other. Uh, so that's definitely fun. But, um, yeah, what do you think about Detroit, where they stand, and do you think that the Wizards are just easily better than they are? Quick answer is yes. I think they're a better team than them. They are more, uh, they are a better equipped team to be able to um, work and play together. Uh, Detroit is a very, very young team. They are to me like an Oklahoma City Thunder three years ago. And they're on the rise. They got some really good young talent, but they have not learned how to win together yet. I think that's an accurate assessment. Uh, There's not a whole lot to say about them. They've just been a bad team kind of overall, right? Um, They are a young squad, but you're right. Um, I will say this. When the Wizards and Pistons played in Detroit last week, Jaden Ivey, he wreaked havoc, man. The guy was a monster. Um, had a, a really good game against the Wizards. He had 26 points on 9 of 20 shooting with 3 of 6 from 3, 12 assists, and 5 rebounds. So that was a solid game. And it was a close one down the stretch. Bradley Beal played well. He had 32 points on 14 of 21 shooting. He's going to be needed because he's not been playing well as of late. Um, in that two-man game with Chris Alperzingis, which did not work uh, in their most recent game, you, you can definitely imagine will come in handy um, against a young team like the Pistons. So we're going to keep them moving. Not a whole lot to talk about them there. Uh, we know where they stand. Let's talk about the Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte Hornets are 22-48. and 48. Uh, They've had the season from H-E Double Hockey Sticks. If you listen to any of the Sports Ethos Hornets pod that I've done, um, it's not been a whole lot to report. Not a super great team. Uh, they are 11-22 uh, at home, 11-26 and 26 on the road. Carthen, when you look at the Charlotte Hornets, you see a team that has been reeling from the Miles Bridges situation. You see a team that has had um, to go without the services of LaMelo Ball for a while. They, their offense has just been pretty bad. The defense not a whole lot better. Now the Hornets and Wizards have clashed all the times that they have for the season um, with the Wizards winning three out of four. Um, so I guess that would answer the question, but that's just my opinion. What is your opinion, Carson? My opinion is when it comes to the Hornets, as you stated, they are 
a team that, um, well, first of all, excuse me about that. Uh, you all, I'm a diabetic and I just ate, so my sugar is up. So, oh, you're good. So, sh- shout out to all the diabetics out there that are doing their thing, trying to um, maintain their health. Yes, sir. Absolutely. But, um, like I said, also, when it comes to the Hornets, they've been one decimated with injury, uh, with the injuries, with especially with the injury to LaMelo Ball. He's kind of like that, the, the, the start, the spark plug to, to the engine. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go how he, uh, how he gets them going. If they are, um, if he's playing well, they're playing well and vice versa. Um, Also, um, the other thing is they're, they are suffering from a poor roster reconstruct, a poor roster construction. Um, Absolutely. They were a team that had all these draft picks in the draft and they traded a lot of stuff away and they went with a big man, which they don't play and they needed help in the wing area and didn't go get a wing. Uh, The miles, like you said, the miles bridges uh, saga is a really big, uh, a really big, problem that the organization has had to deal with all year. Um, And because of all of that, because of all the turmoil, they just have not played well together at all. Mm -hmm. No, it's clearly been a cloud that's hung over their head. Absolutely. And it's kind of, you know, it's been a down season for them. I think the draft will be helpful for them if they are able to luck into a town like a Victor Minyama or Scoot Henderson is going to be really big for the development moving forward. But, I mean, I think they were messed up from the start, right? Like, the hiring, in my mind, uh, of, of Coach uh, Clifford just wasn't a really solid one, um, considering the young team they had. The fact they didn't make any moves, you know, concerning, um, you know, Miles Bridges and, and, and what they were going to do, knowing that he wasn't going to be there, I thought was interesting. Just a whole lot there. And, and yeah, I think the, the Wizards are better. I just think... If you look at them, they don't have anyone that can contain Bradley Beal, you know, um, at the point of attack, at least um, when it comes to that two-man game with Chris Porzingis, that's a problem. Um, I think they can probably match score on a good night when all their guys are healthy, but that's been the name of the game for the Hornets. Health has not been something on their side. So, yeah, I think that's pretty simple there as well. Um, Not a whole lot to break down on these early teams, which I imagined would be the case because – you know, some of these teams are down here because they're clearly worse than the Wizards. But let's get to a team that is a little bit interesting in my mind. Um, definitely one I want to kind of get your thoughts on. That is the Orlando Magic. Now, to be fair, the Wizards have already played um, their two. They've played two out of four games with the Magic. They're going to play two more games against them in the span of 10 days. Uh, they have one on March 21st and the other on March 31st. The Woods have won both games rather comfortably by nearly 20 points a game. Um, so on first glance, you would think, okay, that answers the question. Uh, but as far as the Magic, uh, they've been a pretty spunky 28 and 40. Not super bad considering, right? Uh, the, just the youth of this team. 
They're 16 and 19 at home. They're 12 and 21 away. Obviously, you have a Franz Wagner, Paolo Bancaro backcourt. Marco Fultz has been nice. Like you have some interesting pieces on that team. So I ask you, Carthen, uh, when you look at the two rosters, uh, first off, we don't have to answer the buy or sell question about the Magic being a playoff team. But do you buy or sell the Magic as a team that is uh, not even a threat to the Wizards, but competitively on their balance? Not yet. I mean, they have some really good young – they have a really good young core. Uh, we're talking Ben Carroll, uh, Wagner, uh, Wagner, however they want to say it. Folts, it seems like um, the head coach really, really likes Folts, um, and I'm glad for that. He's a local kid. He went to uh, Matha High School and was a number one overall pick out of the DMV area, so always pulling for him and it's good that he has a head coach that knows how to use him and is willing to use him properly. Um, I would say when it comes to them, you know, that starting lineup that they have right now is pretty uh, young, but it has some really good potential. I mean, a front court of Wagner, Bencaro and Bo is a very athletic um, front court that can definitely shoot. Uh, Bobo is one of the few people in the NBA that gives uh, um, KP some fits. He's he's an inch shorter, but he has longer arms than KP. He's the only person that can really affect KP's shot when he is shooting the ball seeing as though that they're very comparable in height and his his wingspan is a lot longer. KP's not a very big uh, arms up, extended arms type of person when he shoots. He kind of is a compact shooter. So with that, you know, defensively, KP does not, is not one to use his size to his advantage, which he could do with Bobo, but he's not a back to the basket pound a uh, pound a guy down kind of big. So it, it kind of plays into the favor of Bo. Um, ben Carroll is showing why Orlando made the right uh, decision by choosing him first. I can't say anything about Chet because Chet didn't play this year. Mm. But as far as the the debate between him and Smith, Ben Carroll is leaps and bounds ahead of Smith. And it was a very, very smart move by Orlando to take Ben Carroll over Smith, which Smith, as we all remember, was the – not consensus, but borderline consensus number one overall pick coming out of Auburn last year. Um, I like him. I still do. I mean, mind you, he's he's not really, you know, made a case for like being like a, a standout. You know, we'll talk about him in another show when we get to the West, but I was really high and still hold out hope for Jabari Smith. But anyway, back to you, bro. 
No, I mean, that was pretty much what I was saying. I mean, as far as their bench is concerned, they need a bench. They don't have one. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Uh, you know, figuring out that guard spot uh, moving forward. Jalen Sykes hasn't been super great. And while Markel Fultz is a solid player, um, he's just kind of solid. I mean, I think that the shooting, the injury he had to a shooting, it's just kind of kind of capped what I think he can be. So, yeah. Well, not a whole lot there. Um, we can continue moving on. I definitely think the Wizards are better than the three teams we already talked about. Now we get to a little bit more of an interesting team, the Indiana Pacers. 31 and 38. Uh, they are 19 and 16 at home, 12 and 22 away. But you know there's an intriguing team there, right? You know Tyree Taliburton, the all-star, of course, but you have Bending Matherin, who would be the rookie of the year if Hollow Bancaro wasn't, you know, playing as well as he's been. Um, of course, Miles Turner's still around. You have a Rick Carlisle-led team that can get funky with it, they can get interesting. Uh, they're a pretty scrappy team of their own. Uh, they're young, and I think that's why a win-loss record is what it is, but that's not even that far off from 500, so not a whole lot there to kind of, you know, really knock on. And if you look at the Wizards and the Pacers matchups now, they've played all four times for the year, and they're split down the middle. Each team is one against the other. Um, each team is taking a home win. Each team is taking an away win. So I definitely think it's interesting um, Carthen, what are your thoughts on the Wizards and the Pacers? Well, we buy or sell them as a as a as a threat to the Wizards. I would buy them because interesting they did a better job. They they do a better job of roster reconstruction, and they have the best at arguably the most premier position in in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And that's um they have a all-star point guard. Someone who should have been a wizard when he got drafted. Yeah. Um I can't be too mad because Denny has turned out to be a pretty good and solid player, but the Wizards needed a point guard because John Wall couldn't stay healthy and we drafted yet another forward Mm. for the fourth consecutive year in a row. So um, as far as roster reconstruction, they do a lot better job. Their backcourt looking forward is going to be a very dynamic backcourt, whether it is Halliburton and they kind of got they're, they're kind of going to end up going a three guard route in the future. I foresee with um, Halliburton, uh, Buddy he Buddy Hyde and um, and Matherin. They're gonna kind of go with that, and it's not really a three guard rota- a three guard lineup as it is. All three of them are just guards. They're big, but they're big. Halliburton at six five, Buddy Hyde I think is six five. Matherin is six six, six five, six six, mm-hmm. somewhere in that ballpark range, which gives you a very big front court regardless of which way they go because of Halliburton, but they're also uber athletic and Buddy Hyde can shoot 
the lights out. Yeah, no, Hill can definitely knock it down. That's for he, sure. He can shoot a basketball into a Cheerio. That's how well this guy shoots the ball. And as long as Indiana continues to value his shooting ability, they will get better. And when they get a a four to go along with the other four, they're going to be a really tough out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I like them. I think that you're right. Like they have, when they get another four to kind of add to that depth at the front court spot, they have a backcourt that's set. You know, Ben Mathern right now, kind of super six man, definitely star, but I see him and Halliburton in a good spot. You know, Buddy Hill, uh, super sub maybe, you know, can definitely play a small forward spot as well. You like Miles Turner there? Yeah, I think you're right. Show up that last four position. You got a nasty team in your hands potentially. All right. Going to climb just above the Wizards, right? One game above them in the loss column is the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls, <laughs> they are 18 and 15 at home, 13 and 21 away. Chicago has had a very up and down year, as we already know. Mostly down uh, between the news to Lonzo Ball the inconsistent play of their major stars, the injuries have also wreaked them, uh, the way they don't close out games. It's been a mess for them. Uh, However, they have clashed with the Bulls for the season already. All four of their games are done. And they have also split the series of the Wizards, Uh, both teams winning both their games on their home court Um, and then losing the ones they had to go away. So I throw it to you because this is where things get a little more interesting as well. Pacers is one. The Bulls are another. Now, record-wise, the Bulls are slightly better. It's it's really almost negligible uh, in terms of the difference between them and the Wizards. But do you think, and this is why I twist the question, do you think the Wizards are a match for the Bulls? Absolutely. But what it comes down to is which Wizards team shows up. And, it, and what's crazy about it is you'll hear me say this more. The aggressive Wizards is one of the best teams in the East. The problem is, is they don't play that way majority of the time. So a lot of it comes down to what Wizards team is showing up. Is it the Wizards team that plays like they are one of the biggest teams in the league and doesn't feel like they need to shoot 25,000 three-pointers a game and they play within the confines of what they do best? Or is it the Wizards team that wants to try to be like everybody else when you're not? Mm-hmm. And you go get yourself blown out like they did the last time they played Chicago because they were trying to play hero ball and shoot a ton of threes and Chicago beat them by 20 plus. So comparable, yes, they are. Um. Chicago plays more of their style of basketball, um, which is why I lean more towards Chicago over Washington. But it's only because Washington is so inconsistent. If they were a more consistent team and playing the way they play when they are at their best, then Chicago is not a better team than Washington. And in my opinion, not even close. Okay, I mean, I, I'm 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 kind of with you there. I think. What do you think is the biggest difference between the two? 
at their best. Chicago and Washington? Yeah. Chicago plays defense. Washington plays big. Those are the difference between the two teams when they're playing at their best. When Washington puts a lineup on the floor where Bradley Bills the shortest person and then the next shortest person six nine. It's kinda hard to beat a team when everybody is pretty big. Taller than taller than most teams center. That is true. The only problem is is the Wizards don't have that guy. They don't have that dog. That's the one thing that they're missing. They, they're missing that dog. That's why I said to you back in the day, if Russell would have came back, Washington would be a top 16. Mm. If, 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 yeah, I think you're right. Just for what he, I mean, he's been, the numbers wise, he's been great on, um, he's been great on, um, the Clippers. On the Clippers. At least that's a number show. So it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying, what I've been saying to you for the longest time. It's the LeBron factor. And I don't say that to be disrespectful to LeBron, as it is. There is a LeBron factor. You have to take a seat back to LeBron. And have to figure out how to play the game of basketball differently when you play with LeBron than you did when you, before or after you played with LeBron. There's no NBA player in the league today that commands what LeBron commands when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. You can even see it today. You turn on the Lakers game today, and AD is having a field day with these NBA teams. But he is the main and unquestioned focal point of the offense. Yeah. When LeBron is on the floor, that is not the case. Mm -hmm. He cannot dominate like he does now when LeBron is on the floor. As with every other player that he he's played with, everybody's had to play second fiddle. Even the ones that were stars had to turn around and play second fiddle. The Dwayne Wade's, yep, the Ray Allen's, Chris Bosh, you name it, they played second fiddle. Any star he's played with, Kyrie Irving. In his young days, had to play second fiddle to look to LeBron. Let's see who else did he have. I'm trying to think. I mean, Derek Rose, but he was some of the guys he had were like stars or had were only like they had played as stars, but they weren't that player anymore. You know what I mean? Right. So some of it was different because of their 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 number being their star kind of being. Um, what is the word? Like they start kind of being dimmed. Dimmed a little bit. Perfect. Thank you. I was thinking Fallen. Or what, no, I was thinking The Star is Born. Remember that movie? <laughs> Don't ask me why. Um. Anyways, dim. But 
Because if you think about like your the guys who came over late in their career, Darren Williams or uh, Derek Rose or you know Rajon Rondo, like these guys were ball dominant players, but they weren't stars. You know what I mean? I think the last star you could say was a Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Kyrie, Kyrie, Kyrie was the last one, and it was a very much your turn, my turn type deal that they did. So there was that. But yeah, I agree. I definitely think it's interesting, and Chicago is one of those teams I think is like a, a barometer of where the Wizards are. I think they're close to the Wizards in terms of talent that aren't like demonstrably better or definitely worse. You know what I mean? So we'll see. But um, going from there to the Raptors, Raptors have been an interesting team, 32 and 36, uh, 20 and 13 at home, 12 and 23 away. They've also had a really just kind of lost year. It feels like you saw them being swirled around trade rumors. They have one more game. They play against each other on March 26, uh, but they split the two games they played uh, this season, both relatively close. Um, Wizards uh, winning one by 11, Raptors winning one in overtime by eight. Um, so, look, or by six, rather. So, looking at these two teams, um, I think the Raptors, if I had to buy or sell, I'm, I'm just going to throw it out the card. I think the Raptors are better than the Wizards. I think that they are. I just think that I like the coaching of Nick Nurse better, and Nick Nurse has been under a lot of fire for his coaching, and, and rightfully so this year. Um, I like the tandem of a Siakam and a um, Fred Van Vliet a little bit more than I like the two best players on the Wizards, whether you call that Bradley Beal and one of Porzingis or Kuzma. And I think supporting cast with the size they have is pretty solid as well. Um, but w- what is your thoughts on that? Watching the two games that they played is the epitome of Was- Washington Wizards basketball. This in the the 2022-23 season. When Washington beat them by 11, Mm -hmm. they could not stop the three-headed monster of Bill, Porzingis, and Kuzma. They couldn't do it because they had to pick their poison. They couldn't. It was, if we're going to stop the three-point shot, they were giving up the paint. If they stopped the paint, they were giving up the three-point shot. It was a you need to pick your poison so we can figure out so we can know which way we're gonna beat you. When they played them the second time a few days later, because I think they played two days apart, they chose the latter of the two in this game. Because like I said, the wizards beat them up in the paint. So they say, we're not going to let you beat us up in the paint this time. We're going to make you shoot the ball. Mm. And the beginning of the game, up until like the middle of the fourth quarter, they were giving the Wizards the business. Wizards went on a run. Wizards had an opportunity to win the game in regulation with Bradley Bill. Misses a floater. At the buzzer, they come back. They lose. They shouldn't have never even been that close. They came back from 12 down in the fourth quarter. Uh, the crowd got into it, got them hyped up, got into, the, got them back into the game. I would have called it the great, uh, the great comeback because they had something like almost 30 turnovers that game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a horrible game by the Wizards. By Every stretch of the imagination, it was a horrible game. And yet they almost pulled that game out. 
If you ask, if you ask me, Toronto is not better than Washington, but it goes back to what I've been saying the whole time. It depends on what Washington team you get. Because if you get the aggressive downhill playing, drive to the basket and kick out Wizards team or drive to the basket, get to the hole, get fouled. You don't know what you're going to get, but what you do know is they they coming downhill. Wizards team, Toronto don't stand a chance. Now you get the go you get the Golden State Wizards. They have a chance. A very big chance. Because the Golden State Wizards is is nowhere near as close as the Golden State Warriors. I mean, that's that's fair. Just wow. I mean, yeah. I I I guess it just depends on if you believe that this um if you believe that this this Wizards team that you saw against the Raptors in the one game you mentioned that was good like do you believe that that is who they are I don't know I I, I haven't seen enough of it. you see flashes of it to say that they could be that but I don't know if that's saying that's what they are you know I'm going to be honest with you I like the man I like him as a man but Wes Until Jr., he ain't ready. No. When you look when you look at some of the other coaches that are out here, he he is still I, I, I'm gonna assume he's still trying to get the winds beneath his, his wings right now because they go into they'll they'll go in there's too many games with it up. 18 and it's because the ball was constantly moving and then you turn around and then the and prime example the Oklahoma City game earlier this year when they lost Mm -hmm. Washington set the record for most assists in the first quarter at 14 they go up by 20 something they had 20, what was it, 24, 25, 20, somewhere high 20s mm-hmm. for the first, I want to I say it was 24 assists in the first half. Set, set a new franchise record. Up by 20 plus. Had nine assists in the second half. And they lose on the SGA buzzer beater. Mm-hmm. There's been some classic games there. The Wizards, I think, have lost four or five games where they were leading at some point during the game by 20-plus. And then you can add uh, maybe two or three of them where it didn't reach 20, but it was greater than 15. So we're looking at six to seven, anywhere between six and eight games where the Wizards gave up dumbfounded leads Mm -hmm. to lose the game. Yeah. I mean, you look at, for instance, the, the Portland Trailblazers game. They were beating Portland by over 20 points, and they lost the game by double digits. 
We're talking an over 30 point swing in the second half of that game. Yeah. They went from playing the Washington Wizards in the first half to the Golden State Wizards in the second half. <laughs> Wait, you mean the other oh, Warriors? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I said what I meant. <laughs> I, I was wondering. I'm like, the company mean that? You meant you said you said the, the Golden State Wizards. Wizards. The Golden State the Golden State Wizards or or you can say the Golden State Wizards or you can say the Boston Wizards. Either one, both of them put up a ton of threes. The difference is is the other two teams that I just named make them and the Wizards don't. That's true. That's the biggest difference, yeah. But yet the Wizards are, I think, in top five in the NBA in two-point field goal percentage. So I'm like, make it make sense. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah the modern NBA says threes are better than twos. Absolutely. If you make them. That's true. In fact, that's going to get right to, but you know what? You just said it so well. I'm going to flow right to our next team because this is where that's big. The Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta Hawks are eighth right now in the East. They're 34 and 35. They're 18 and 15 at home. They're 16 and 20 away. They just played the twice. They played them twice. Yeah, they played them um, most recently last, well, not even last week, a couple days ago. Um, And they beat them 114 to 107. They play them again on April 5th. On the game that they played the Wizards, this is the March 10th matchup, so this past Friday. The Withers scored 22 points combined from their bench. The Hawks had two players, Sadiq Bey and Bogdan Bogdanovich, score 14 and 15 points by themselves. Trey Young had a huge night from three. He went 6-10 from three. He's shooting 35% from three. Um, and it was another game where the Wizards shot they, – the, the their opposition shot way better from three-point line than they did, and that helped the discrepancy that helped them lose. Uh, Say the numbers. All right, so Atlanta at the Atlanta shot fifteen of thirty-one from three. Forty-eight percent. That that's that's pretty solid. Um, and then looking at I have to check the Wizards here just to look at the numbers against the Hawks, but looking at their numbers, um, at least from three. Yeah, why can't I see it? I just had this. Oh, they shot seven of twenty-seven. Which is twenty five percent. So the Wizards actually outshot the the Wizards actually outshot the Hawks in terms of total field goal percentage for but the three point line. I mean the Wizards the Hawks attempted more and made more made double the amount of threes that the Wizards made while taking just four more. So here's what I want you to do for me, and this is going to make a very valid point. You said the Wizards outshot the Hawks yeah. by total field goal percentage. Exactly. So, take the 27 shots and the seven made field goals, three-point field goals, away from the Wizards. I want you to tell me how many shots they took, how many shots they made. So if you take the – say it again. Take away the 27 three-point attempts and the seven three-points made from the Wizards' overall field goal uh, made versus attempts. I got it. Okay. Um, 
let me see. So that would be 30. Okay. There's quick mental math on the radio here or live. Um so how many how, let me let me let me help you so out. Then, yeah, I get so they they I already I got the math. So they would have went 39 of 61. So 61 shots divided by 39 makes. No, I did that wrong. I, I, it should have been the other way around. Yeah, 39 makes 61 shots. So the Wizards shot 63.9%. Yes, it is. From two pointers in that game. Yep. 63.9. That's 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 a that's a clip that usually gets you a win. So just imagine at a 63% clip, you take away seven of those three point attempts and turn flip them into Two point for uh, percentage shots. Mm-hmm. You have a whole different ball game. You have a win, first of all, <laughs> but you have a whole different ball game. If I would imagine you have a win, because at that point, I mean, you still have to play defense and all that good stuff. But at that point, you would imagine that you have a better, a uh, better shot, you know, over um, the Hawks because you're taking smarter shots. And you're burning at a higher clip rather than wasting some of those shots and leaving them at the three point line. So, just at five of those shots, that's three extra made field goals. Mm-hmm. So, we're talking four extra made field goals over the course of that game of two pointers. How much did the Wizards lose by? And losing by seven. So what does that mean? They win by one. They win by one. Yeah. The swing. It's important. They are not a great three-point shooting team. Chicago knows they're not a great three-point shooting team. Chicago is dead last in three-point attempts, three-point shot attempts in the NBA. Because they know they're a horrible three-point shooting team. So why waste possessions? It, shooting a three-point shot is equivalent for the Washington Wizards is, all, is almost equivalent to a turnover. Yeah. yeah. A blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while, but numbers don't lie. I love when you pull out the old, yes, you said it. <laughs> you said it. Yep, that's true. It's the truth. Uh, numbers, mm-hmm. I was like, numbers just don't lie. Yeah. If you're if you're shooting at a 63% clip from inside the arc, do you shoot outside of the arc to essentially keep the team you're playing against honest? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you can, but when you're one of the best drive and and foul creating teams in the league, as well as one of the best two point percentage 
teams in the league and you can put a lineup on the floor where you have four out of five players taller than at or taller than five i mean six nine and you could also if you wanted to put a lineup out there where the shortest guy on the court is six foot five that's a guard and oh by the way he's one of the best defended perimeter defenders in the game so now you got a, you have a lineup out there with a six foot five point guard, a six foot ten shooting guard, a six foot nine small forward, a six foot eleven power. I mean, a seven foot three power forward and a six foot eleven slash or seven feet. I don't know which one exactly he is. Center. Yeah. Against a team that made the next tallest person on their team might be six nine. So you got four guys on the floor that is at or above the height of the other team center. You can use you can use uh, Toronto for that. Toronto will put out there where their tallest player is six nine. Here recently, since they made the trade, Yaka Porto, I think is six ten. But at six ten, you're putting three players out there that's their center's height or taller. And one of them's one inch shorter. Yeah. I mean, you you have the size to bear. I mean, it makes – I get it. I'm with it. It checks out to me. Like, what else is there to say on that end? You just have to kind of make use of that to, and, and do and use it to your advantage. And, that, that again, this is for another episode because I can go in on this, but, like, that's an issue I have with this team is, like, I don't know if they know who they are because you would think this would be an easy way to say, this is my identity, this is where we need to lean toward, and yet we have games where they think that they are the 2016 Golden State Warriors, where they're clearly not. You know what I mean? So it, it just – I don't know. It, it's, it's like I said. They think they're the 2022-2023 Golden State Warriors. Well, I mean, it ain't like, even close to being as good as the 2016 Warriors, and yet they still ain't even there. They 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 don't even make half the shots that that team that this year's team made. Yeah, well, I mean, and at the, least in 20. Well, I feel like the the like the new like the current Warriors right now are in a spot where it's like I don't know. I I look at them as. Um, I look at them as a team that has clear weaknesses. The 2016 Warriors, they say, hey, we get the way we're going to play is going to work. Our system, our, our flow, our offense, our pace and space, our knocking down threes, eventually is going to work. They played with a sense of, like, it, it, almost cockiness because this is what we are. This this Warriors team is very mortal. But I think the Wizards sometimes come out and they chuck out shots as if they're just those guys and they're not those guys. You know what I mean? I just think it's a little different, but I see what you're saying for sure. Um, but here, real quick, what is let's kind of rapid fire some of these here because I do think it's interesting. Um, Miami Heat, another team, this Eastern Conference. Until we get to like the top three, we're gonna. In fact, I'm gonna just give you. I'm gonna I'm branch it out here. We've gone a little long so far between the Nets, the Knicks, and the Heat. Which squad do you think is the one that the Wizards match up easiest with and one that they're just not on the same level? Like rank well, those teams as far as threats. I, I can rank them, but the Nets 
uh, clear and almost irrelevant. You think? Uh, I think talent wise, they are on par. I don't. Wow. Okay. I don't think the Nets are a better team than the Washington Wizards after the trade. That's fair. I think Mikel Bridges has definitely shown himself to be uh, uh, almost a number one type threat, a 1B type player. I think that you have additional depth there. Yeah, the pieces don't perfectly fit, but I would argue the Wizards piece don't perfectly fit either. You think Mikel Bridges is a better player than Bradley Beal? I don't think he's that far off. I'm not going to lie. I don't think he's a better player than Bradley Beal. But I, I, I have this year has really had me sour. Like I'm not the guy you want to ask about Bradley Beal being a star. I don't see I that. didn't and I'm I'm not seeing that this year either as far as Bradley Beal. The line is close. I think if you put Beal right here and Mikel Bridges what underneath, I mean if you look at their shot creation, the way they're having numbers, like Mikel Bridges been going on scoring explosions this season, especially up there in Brooklyn. He has some clear weaknesses as well, yes. But yeah, I call me call me bold. I really don't think there's that big of a line between the two. And okay. maybe, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe that's just how poorly I feel a bill right now. But no, I think if you put Mikel Bridges on that team right there, you have an interesting squad if he's on the Wizards. You put Bradley Bill on Brooklyn. Um, okay. Like, I don't think Bradley Bill makes Brooklyn. I mean, it makes it better in theory, but does it make them better? Like, who are they jumping? You know what I mean? Like, in the, in the Eastern Conference right now, you have the Cavs, the 76ers, the Celtics, and the Bucks ahead of the Nets, right? And we know the Nets right now are there largely because of the performance they have when they had KD and Kyrie, right? But if you put Bradley Bill in that squad right now, they're not jumping those other four teams. Absolutely not. I just asked the question about Makai Bridges because oh. you said you felt that Makai Bridges was a 1B type of player. And in the beginning of the year when we were talking about Bradley Bill, you said you didn't think Bradley Bill was a number one option. He was a number two or a number three. And saying that he's a one a one B would mean that you feel that Makai Bridges is a better basketball player than Bradley Beal, and I would say not at this moment. Interesting. Okay. So, um, back to your question, the Nets is clearly at the bottom. Now, the Heat and the Knicks. The Wizards have done the same thing to both teams. They've shot up on these humongous leads on both teams and then faltered at the end. They've both they've also, I believe, beat both teams this year, at least once. My thing is both teams are better coached than Washington is. But I don't think that they're better talent-wise than Washington is. So ranking them, it would go probably Heat, Knicks. But not by much. Who, who do you think? I mean, the Heat have obviously been falling, but do you trust New York? More than the Heat. Wow. So if you're taking Jimmy Butler and Bradley Beal or Julius Randle, I mean, Jimmy, not Jimmy Butler and Bradley Beal, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo or Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, you're going on Brunson and Randle? Because of the supporting case. 
it's not about the stars. It's about the supporting case. New York has a way better supporting cast than Miami does. And that's where everything plays a factor. New York has that point guard that Miami doesn't, that Miami needs. Um, two guard wise, they both have pretty good shooting two guards. Three guard, of course, Miami is a be- has the better three guard because Jimmy Butler is a better player than uh, R.J. Barrett. The four definitely goes to New York. The five definitely goes to Miami. However, depends on what you're looking for in that five because it also depends on what Robinson you get that day. He's like the Wizards. You get that aggressive, I'm going to play like I'm defensive MVP and the best offensive rebounder in the game. Robinson, oh, you got problems on your hand. Because when he's at his best, he's a tough out. But when you get Robinson that... can't box out uh, uh, American Squirrel and, and hacks everybody whenever they get within 20 feet of him mm-hmm. then yeah he he plays absolutely no factor you have a little bit of a different story I get you there, that's true so more often than not he does play his game so I would trust him. I mean, I would trust the Knicks more than I would trust the Heat. I mean, at the end of the day, I think it comes down to coaching as a, as a factor. I I definitely trust the tip uh, Thibodeau a lot less than I do Eric Spolstra. Like Spolstra is someone that's proven on the high stage, and Tibbs, uh, he's proven some things, just not what you'd like all the time. I don't disagree with you on that, but – Coaching only gets you but to a certain level. And there's still player um, player performance and everything that has to do with a player mm-hmm. that you have to take into account because the coaches do not get on the floor and actually play the game. The no. players do. And you can be the mo- the best and the most uh, well-coached team in the NBA. If you ain't got the talent, it means nothing. That's true. That's true. I, I think that's going to be interesting. I almost feel like we're picking nits between those two teams because both teams are kind of those middling, run-of-the-mill Eastern Conference squads. Uh, but the Knicks' star is definitely a lot sh- uh, a lot shinier right now than the Heat's because they've just been floundering. You know, the injuries and lack of depth have been an issue, not a lot of consistent offense, and just 
hoping for some Jimmy Butler, you know, theatrics to just stay in games is not the best for them. But um, finally, we kind of come down to the last four of these squads, and that's the the top of the East, the creme de la creme, the upper tier, the championship contenders, whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Boston Celtics, the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. And, I mean, the Bucks right now are, are right there with the Celtics in, the, in their own little tier. Bucks are sitting at 48 and 19. Uh, actually, I think after tonight, it's, it's 49 and 19. They had like an 18-game win streak. The Bucks are a monster. The Celtics, they're right behind them. Uh, they've let a couple of games go a little bit. They slipped a little bit more. But the Bucks were another solid team as well. Uh, they are sitting at 47 and 22. The 76ers, Joel Embiid's been coming to his own, definitely putting up some MVP caliber performances. James Harden settled in as a nice supporting member. Tyrese Maxey, they're doing well. They're at 45 and 22. And then lastly, the Cleveland Cavaliers, 43 and 27. I feel like they're in that ballpark, but they're kind of on the outside looking in among the top three. So uh, the way I rank them is as far as like how close they are to the Wizards is how they're lined up. I think that the Cavs, you know, the Wizards could stick in a game with, uh, be pretty solid. The Wizards, I mean, the 76ers, I want the Wizards to be more in their A game. And the Celtics and Bucks, the 76ers have the, excuse me, if they're playing the Celtics or the Bucks, the Wizards have the punch above their weight, in my opinion, to, to really get a win against those two teams or hope those two teams come and have their eye off the prize. So that's how I would rank them in terms of um, buying or selling them as teams that the Wizards could take down or teams the Wizards could match up with. Um, when it comes to buying or selling them as contenders, I think I buy all of them except the Cavs. So throwing it to you, Carthen. First off, um, of those four teams, who do you buy or sell as actual championship contenders? And then secondly, like, how do you rank you know the teams as they match against the Wizards? Yes, I agree with you. They match in the way that the, the, the standings – actually, no, I don't now that I think about it. Oh, wow, okay. Boston is ahead of Milwaukee. Whoa, what do you mean? Boston is ahead of Milwaukee when it comes to matching up as far as the Wizards matching up against the other team. All right, why do you say that? Because Boston is a better offensive team than the uh, Milwaukee Bucks is, and it's been proven time and time again over the past two years that when Boston plays Washington, Washington don't play no defense. And when they don't play no defense, Boston is one of the top three teams in the NBA in three points, field goal percentage, field goal attempts per game, and it shows an extremely large magnitude because Boston will knock down tray after tray after tray after tray. What uh, Jason Tatum did in the All-Star game, mm-hmm. he's done that against the Wizards mm. in a regular season game. I exactly what he did. Mm. He kissed up to the Lord so many times that the Lord said, stop kissing at me. Oh, Lord. That's how many three-point shots he made against Washington. Oh, Lord. Oh. He said, save some for tomorrow. <laughs> I'm done with you. Oh, man. That's how bad it was. 
Grant Williams was pulling uh, uh, Chef Curry type moves. Put it up in the corner, turn around, and start running back down the other end of the court to play defense. Splash! I mean, it was it, it it's bad every time they play them. The Wizards don't play no defense. They make everybody on their team look like they three point shooters. Yeah. Even the dudes that can't shoot threes was like, I went in on this action. If you. Y'all making this look too easy. It's got to be easy. Cornette was shooting trays. I mean, Robert Williams put up several trays. I'm like, this. I'm like, good God! Everybody is like, is this the 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 NBA uh, NBA game version of the three point shooting contest? Because I swear, everybody on their team put up three point shots. They played. Oh my god! And the Wizards just sit there and watch them, and they look up, and it's like, "Oh my god!" Mm-hmm. Somebody just shot a rocket off, and it's getting ready to splash, and it's getting ready to explode in the hoop. I mean, Jason Tatum looked like look. There's several games here recently where Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown looked like they was playing NBA Jam, and I swear to God, the, the Nets was gone, and they was on fire, and and they was sitting up there, and all you could hear the the, the announcer talking about is they on fire. I mean, it's just it's just bad. Okay, I would. They 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 start. They don't even say heat check. It, I mean, it, it's it's so bad that they be even making noises like you was playing uh, the game off of Nintendo. Where you said they shoot the ball up and like. I mean, it, I ain't talking about NBA. I'm talking about before NBA Live. Oh, Double man. dribble. I'm sorry. There you go. For all my Nintendo fans out there, double dribble. You know how it was when you shot the three-point shot and double dribble. You come down the court and, and you hit it. That's, that's all you would hear every time they shot the ball. And it, they was not missing. Every NBA game – arcade or simulation game that had any kind of uh, animations towards shooting, Mm -hmm. that's what you hear when Boston play Washington. Wow. That's how bad it is. It's worse when Boston plays Washington than when Golden State plays Washington. Damn. Damn. Okay. Well, I mean, there it is. I mean, you broke it down pretty much as simple as that. I guess my last question to you is this. If Boston's going to be the number one squad, you then are saying that you think that the Bucks are a team that the Wizards can take down. Is, is that – I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is that what you are saying in terms of just – or are you saying that because the Celtics beat the Wizards so badly that, like, they have to be number one? Because for the record – uh, the Wizards have won one of the three matchups that they've played against the Bucks. They have one more on April 4th. So that's kind of want to get your, you know, your thoughts, especially since as bad as the Celtics have beaten the Wizards, Giannis Antetokounmpo had a career high 55 points against the Wizards last month or two months ago. He did. He had a really good game. However, the Bucks are known for their defense. 
they are a highly defensive-minded basketball team. They win a lot of their games because they stop you from scoring, not the other way around. There's not a lot of games where you're like, man, Milwaukee just beat such and such in a shootout. ABA style shootout. No, you don't never hit it. You never hear that when it comes to Milwaukee. Milwaukee is the team that was going to hold you to somewhere in the ballpark range of 100 points per game, plus or minus five. That's the type of games that you get from them. Whereas Boston's going to put up 130, 140 on the Wizards every time. I get it. So when they, uh I was gonna say when they play the NBA, the Wizards, uh, NBA people on NBC uh, Washington. Shout out Chris Miller because he's the one that 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 coined first to one (laughs) twenty. That's who's gonna win the game. The first to one twenty. When you're talking numbers like that, and we're talking regulation games. Yeah, but the sad part about it is the Wizards have only lost three games this year when they hold opponents to 111 points or less. I think there's something like 25 and three. Wow. Wow. So uh, it's it, it's it's with it, basically. I mean, I guess if we're gonna like take everything we've talked about the last hour in the play, at least for the Eastern Conference, we'll do another one for the Eastern, for the Western Conference. Is that if the Wizards come and play the way that you think that they can play, they potentially could beat any team out there. Is what I'm getting at, except the Celtics. <laughs> I'm going to say yes to that, except okay. for the Celtics. I mean, it's just the Celtics have the number, right? It, 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 that that's what it all boils down to, right? At, at this current moment, the way the Wizards are currently constructed and the way that they are currently being coached, the Celtics have their number. I think the Wizards can be any team in the East in which they have done this year, mm-hmm. except for the Celtics. Except for the Celtics. Well, to be fair, um, you know the the Wizards. Um, this, I mean, the Celtics. Um, the Warriors have the Celtics number. So, like, there is something there. You know what I mean? There's something to be said for that, for sure. But I um, definitely think this is interesting. Uh, a nice little exploration into where the Wizards stand will be coming here really soon, doing the West soon. And then also, I feel like there's a I feel like there's a show to be had. I want to do a little more research on my end. But I feel like there's a show to be had on a, a certain Wizards coach and whether or not he should be with the Wizards long term. Um, because I, I kind of get the idea that I mean, I don't get the idea you heard on the dang show. Uh, Carthen here yeah, thinks it's maybe time to move on. I, I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> we can talk more about it, but the answer to that question is yes. I mean, uh, we might we might have to tack that on to yeah. our, um, huh? I was going to say, there's plenty of reasons that are evident to the novice of NBA fans as to the reasons why that is. I mean, 
when you have coaches out there that were available when we got West Onset Jr. in the in the names of Mike Brown, um, amongst other coaches mm-hmm. that were had to be had. We went out and got West Unsell Jr., which I was a fan of at the time. And I think that he deserved his opportunity. But when your teams are losing 20-plus point games to the tune that NBA analysts are making fun of you over the fact that they're saying NBA teams are allowing the Wizards to get up by 20 because they know that they can come back and win. They know that not that they can, they will come back and win. Yeah. When analysts can consistently say that and you consistently prove them right. I can promise you with 100% certainty that this would not happen to a Thibodeau basketball team. A Thibodeau basketball team would not get up on you by 20 and you will still lose the game. Not happening. Eric Brostra, not happening. Wow. There's uh, many of coaches that are out there right now that I would say not happening. That that wouldn't be the case. I get you. I I guess I don't know. I feel like I can't argue what you're saying. I just because I feel like you could say it for a bunch of other coaches. Like I don't know if Chicago Billy Donovan like like that would definitely happen. Does he deserve to be fired? I don't know. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I I want to engage in this, but I feel like it's gonna be another twenty minutes on a long show, and we're already at one o'clock your time, my friend. One thirty six to be exact. <laughs> Who's counting though? No, I'm exactly. <laughs> no, I'm playing. But listen, I don't think my eyes can get any redder. <laughs> no, no, exactly. I, and, and mind you, y'all, y'all being spared because y'all cannot see the video feed, but I can. My boy, here, let me tell you, Carson's a night out and he's been doing some heavy lifting. But this is a late night show. Uh, we're gonna wrap it up. We're gonna get back to this. We got more coming. Uh, we'll be more regular. I think we both say, hey, you know, life happens, y'all. Like life hit kind of hard. Well, my back hit kind of hard. I really got no excuse. Carson has life hit me. My back hit me. Uh, people say I'm uh, my, my girl. Says I'm old. I'm not old. I, I just feel old. Um, but it's all good. I'm gonna get some icy hot on it, and uh, we'll make it happen. We're gonna be back here real soon. Carthen, real quick, man. You tired, my friend? Send them home. Tell the folks where they can find you. Uh, once you get back up here going, and and, and let's get out of here. Y'all can find me at Carthen NBA. That's C A R T H A N N B A on Twitter as well as Instagram. There isn't really much stuff on Instagram at this current moment because I am not a computer savvy person. I'm trying to learn how to do that stuff. And once I do, you'll start to get a lot more content. But right now, the main place to find me is on Twitter. And hopefully in the very near future, we'll be up and running on the Instagram page. Yeah, I, I got you. You know what I mean? Like, I'll, I'll keep me posted on that. We'll, we'll work on making something like that happen. I think that'd be kind of fun. Um, and we definitely want to grow this bad boy out. We're going to do some more of these, so it's going to be good. But listen, y'all, uh, check out Carthen there. Good guy, knows his stuff. 
dude, if he's willing to be on the show here um, into one in the morning, almost two, uh, you know, y'all, y'all should definitely could see the dedication here. I would not. I'll be falling asleep. I'm on the West Coast right now. It's 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 a it's a, a late ten thirty on my time. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> exactly. I know. I know. But listen, y'all. For Carthen, for myself, good show here. Check out um, Carthen. Check me out if you want to on Twitter at CorbinNBA. Check out Sports Ethos on Twitter at Sports Ethos Online, sportsethos.com, S-P-O-R-T-S-E-T-H-O-S. Definitely make sure to get up there and do that. But for Carthen, for myself, we are Frosty. Y'all stay Frosty. And until next time, as always, go Wizards.